Wrexham are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. For those who are new to this podcast, this is one where I talk about and analyze uh, the documentary series Welcome to Wrexham from a filmmaker's perspective. I specialize in documentaries. I'm based out of Atlanta at the moment, currently trying to move to Montana, which I know is kind of funny considering the name is Wrexham Texan, but... I'm a Texan at heart. I grew up in Texas. I spent, I don't know, 28, 30 years of my life as a, you know, living in Texas. So I am a Texan. Whenever I go abroad, I tell people I'm a Texan. I never say I'm an American. <laughs> Seems to elicit a better response. This podcast also talks about uh, the matches, the games. I've become a massive Wrexham fan, as have so many people over the last couple of years. And I just love talking Wrexham football. So, um, yeah, welcome. Enjoy the show. Uh, please go subscribe on all platforms, any plat podcast platform. And season two, which will come out uh, on Sunday, the 17th, season two will start, we'll start doing uh, video. There'll be video as well as audio. So look forward to that. I'll have clips. I'll have images. I'll have all sorts of stuff when talking about the, the show and the matches. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. It's great to be back in Georgia where I have a full studio setup. Um, yeah, I've missed this. I've been podcasting from a van in the middle of Montana for the last four months. So <laughs> this is a little bit different. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, the Wrexham Texan. And generally on game days, I, I am pretty active on both of those. Sometimes during the week, I, I'm trying to get more active. This past week, I've been a complete disaster since I've been driving back from Montana to Georgia, which is a 34-hour drive, so I was not able to do anything on social media this past week. So, <clears throat> today's episode, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 17 of Welcome to Wrexham, titled Romance. All right, for those who've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, I do not care for this episode. And I mentioned that there's one episode that I don't care for, um, and this is the one. Um, I think there are many, many incorrect statements made. I like the sentiment of the entire episode. The sentiment is great. I do think sports is a thing that bonds people together, especially men, but I do not agree with so many things that were said in this episode. So I apologize if this is a little bit of a downer episode, um, but it is what it is. Um, I'll, I'll try to put some positive spins on things and keep things optimistic. <laughs> um, all right, well, it starts out with Rob guest hosting Jimmy Kimmel. 
and bringing on his wife, Caitlin, who then mentions a story about how <laughs> when Wrexham scored a goal and they were all attending the game, Rob saw Caitlin coming towards him, turned to Ryan and gave Ryan a hug, <laughs> which I just think is hysterical. All caught on video. It's fantastic. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's something you got to love. Um, then it, you know, goes to goes to the title sequence, the theme song. And yeah, we then cut to Rob's mom and stepmom talking about how they don't know who Ryan Reynolds is. And they kind of go into that for a minute. And then we launch into the actual topic of the episode. Once again, this is an episode that doesn't propel the story forward at all. It's a commentary on things that are happening around the story. It, it doesn't, you, you don't get a sense of, you know, what's happening with the team, what's happening with anything that it has to do with the actual storyline of the documentary. Um, it's definitely an interesting episode to have in here. And like I said, I, I just don't think there needed to be an entire episode dedicated to this. And I think so many things that this woman says that we'll introduce her in a second is just incorrect and presumptive, presumptuous, presumptive, whichever word is correct. Um, Caitlin or Rob mentions that when Rob was considering purchasing Wrexham and knew he needed a partner and wanted to go after Ryan, Caitlin asked him if his ego could handle that. Very legitimate question, very good question by Caitlin. Um, like that's something that you would definitely have to think about, like, especially actors. Um, I don't know. I'm married to an actor and so an actress and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, there would be with, you know, with two big stars is an ego going to be a problem? Like that's a very legitimate question to ask. And one that you should definitely mull over one that he definitely should have mulled over before he did this. And it's clear that he did. And it's clear that he was okay with it in the end. Um, it kind of just shows them meeting and shows like all their pre pre Wrexham interactions and, um, them getting to know each other and that kind of stuff. Um, and Let's see, they mention, this is where you're introduced to a woman named Liz Plank. And they talk about how a platonic relationship between men is called a bromance. Point number one deducted from this episode. Okay, that is not what a bromance is. Two men can go be friends at any given point, and it's not called a bromance. A bromance is a very specific form of friendship where you are incredibly affectionate, spend a ton of time with that person, talk about, like talk with that person, get along with that person in a way that you don't with basically anybody else. Um, I have five extremely close friends that I've had since we were six years old, five years old in some cases. So that's 30 years of friendship. Uh, I have newer friends that I'm very close with. None of them have ever been described 
as a bromance. And they, they, they focus on this for a very long time. Um, they're just saying basically the definition, according to Liz Plank, is a platonic relationship between two men. And like I said, I completely disagree. Completely disagree. There are, I, I think bromance is definitely a legit term, but it does not just describe two men being friends. It describes two men being friends in a way that is, uh, what's the, how do I describe it? Um, exactly how I just described it, basically. Overly affectionate, overly spend more time together than any of their other friendships. Like it's, it's more like getting a girlfriend and leaving your friends behind kind of thing. Like, Oh, what happened to Jimmy? Oh, well he, you know, he's with his girlfriend now. So we just don't ever see him anymore. That's what a bromance is. It is not just a platonic friendship between two men. It's absurd to think that's the case. Um, they talk about how it's weird that we need a term to describe two men going out to dinner. Completely wrong. We don't. It's called friendship. And that's what, <laughs> that's all it is. Like Ryan and Rob could be considered a bromance. They do a lot of stuff together, but they're not hanging out all the time, every day, talking. I mean, I'm assuming they're not talking every day, but they could, they very well could be. They own a freaking football club together. So it's just funny. It's just funny. I, I think I, I think I have such a strong reaction to it because one, it's just, I just find it incorrect and I don't like incorrect definitions of words being used to describe things that are wrong. Um, and throughout this whole episode, Liz Plank, she seems like a very lovely lady. Um, she seems like someone that I could actually have a conversation with and talk to about all this. And like, if she ever wanted to come on the show and, <laughs> and discuss her thoughts on this whole thing, I'd be happy to have that discussion with her. Um, she wrote a book called For the Love of Men, A Vision for Mindful Masculinity. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with that title. I just think the way that she describes masculinity here in a bit is incorrect. Um, they, they also said that uh, bromance, the term bromance gives you permission to connect with another man, which wrong, incorrect. That is not the case whatsoever. My wife has never referred to any of my friendships with guys that I've gotten close with super quickly as a bromance, because that term is very specific. It's very specific. You don't, <laughs> it's not just two guys being friends. That is just incorrect. Um, Let's see. Oh, we cut to a really funny moment where Rob asks Ryan if he harbors anger or resentment towards him for convincing him to buy this club with him. And Ryan says that Blake wants to kill him <laughs> in the funniest way, like deadpan, hilarious way that Ryan Reynolds does. It was fantastic. Um, OK, so here's where we get into Liz Plank's definition maybe not definition of masculinity, but the way she sees 
quote unquote society um, defines masculinity today, which is domination, aggression, and winning at all costs. Incorrect in every single way. That is the definition of juvenile, insecure, sad, lonely men. Um, that is how they get out their anger and their resentment towards the world. Domination, aggression, and winning at all costs is a immature little man-child that is not, that has nothing to do with masculinity. I did not grow up with that being the definition of masculinity. No one ever said, oh, to be masculine, you need to dominate, you need to be aggressive, you need to win at all costs. No one ever told that to me. No one, that was never a thing in our house. That was never a thing with any of my friends. We just didn't grow up like that. And I think that what she's referring to is depicted more in TV shows and movies, which is not reality. Like some people might base how they act on TV shows or movies. However, the majority of people, how they act is influenced by their parents when they're younger. And so that's how you develop. And by no, and I'm sure there are some fathers out there who told their kids, you have to be dominating and aggressive and you must win. I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who have done that, but I do not believe it applies to the vast majority of men. And it definitely is not a definition of masculinity to most people. Um, let's see. Uh, I was going to say something. Oh, my, I would say that masculinity encompasses, um, being strong, which is not the same as being aggressive or dominating, having strength there. Jordan Peterson says this very well. He says, there's no morality in weakness. Like if, if you, if you can't hurt somebody, there's no morality in being weak. You must, it, what's the, what's the phrase? Um, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. He says, you must develop the side of you that can fight and can be strong, but then you must control it. So it is, masculinity is physical strength, mental strength, protection, um, providing. Um, it's, masculinity, it, it is less about you. The domination, aggression, and winning at all costs, those are selfish things. Those, those are only for what is inside you. Being protective, being strong, but being able to control it. Um, basically being a monster, but harnessing it and using it to protect the ones you love and the things you love. That's about other people. Masculinity is about living for other people and providing and being strong for those around you and for, for you know, those that you may produce or be friends with in the future. Um, it is absolutely not domination, aggression, and winning at all costs. That drives me crazy because I hear this from people 
in people, people who have um, microphones, people who have a platform, this is the kind of BS that is spread around that somehow masculinity is toxic and it's a terrible thing. Incorrect. Masculinity is needed and fantastic. Just in the exact same way that feminine femininity is needed and fantastic. What these people are referring to are selfish jerks. That's the difference. There's no toxic masculinity. There are only selfish jerks. And there's men and women who are selfish jerks who have this domination, aggression, winning at all costs. Although, you know, sometimes with women, it's more subversive um, than anything. And, and, you know, uh, under the radar. So I just, they're starting from a point where their definitions are incorrect and their assumptions are incorrect. And it doesn't set the stage well for the rest of the episode. Um, Liz does have a pretty funny moment where she says she has secondhand stress when she sees two men greet each other. Cause you don't know if it's going to be a handshake, a fist bump, you know, the, the, hand clasp with the hand behind the back tap like patting each other on the back and yeah there's there's definitely some of that and it just depends on who you are you know like there are some women that i'll go up and shake their hand there are some women where i'll go up and just hug them because that's clear that they're a hugger and yeah men are maybe a little bit harder to read in that regard but you can kind of tell on your approach um and it also depends on the approach liz like it, there's just <laughs> There are a lot of factors involved um, with the greeting for men, and it's because some of them feel appropriate and some of them don't. And um, I personally, I, I, I can be a hugger, but I also do the the hand clasp with the with the pat on the back quite a bit, like a half hug with a handshake. I, that's, that's probably my go to um, with some of my oldest friends in my family. It's a full on hug. Um, so yeah, uh, I just thought that was a, a pretty, <laughs> pretty funny moment and, and appropriate, very applicable. Um, I can understand why it's a little stressful. Every, every dude's had some gaffes when greeting another dude where your hands don't quite meet properly, or you thought the other guy was going to do this thing and they didn't. And so you just kind of are holding on to two fingers or having two of your fingers held on to by an entire hand. It's... <laughs> Everybody's had those. It's hilarious when that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't remember them once, you know, once a day has gone by. Um, she does mention that sports is a safe, quote unquote, safe space for men to be affectionate with each other. Yes and no. This is a point that is, has some pros and cons, not pros and cons, some agreement and disagreement from me. Um, let me see. Hang on one second. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. I'm trying to think. This is, a, this is a more interesting point. Sports is a safe space for men to show affection towards one another. Um, I just don't think that's true. Maybe for some men, but like I show affection to my 
best friends regularly and vice versa. Um, and we're not nearly always watching sports. I don't think that is a necessity. I think that sports amplifies the emotions that are already there because of what's happening on the pitch or on the field. Um, I think the emotions that run while a game is being played is something that you can't get most places. And so emotions are always running high. And it's, I don't know, it makes it interesting. Um, I just think that it amplifies emotions. And so that's probably why, that's probably at least one of the reasons why more affection is shown during a sporting event than in real life. It's because the emotions are high and there's a lot on the line. Like I, I just don't think that it's just a safe space to be affectionate towards another man. I just think that's ridiculous. Um, I do think it's hilarious that Rob and Ryan filmed their colonoscopies together <laughs> and they have competition even in this, which is great. Oh man, loved that. Um, let's see. She says it's a sports is a way for them to res- show respect for one another, and sports becomes this quote unquote performance to be that quote unquote ideal of masculinity. Wrong. I mean, we already talked about how the quote unquote ideal of masculinity is way off base, way off base. It's not the ideal of masculinity. And the vast minority think it is the ideal of masculinity, the vast minority. Um, And I don't think sports is a performance. I mean, I guess technically in the literal definition, but what I'm trying to say, I don't think it's like acting. I don't think it's a thing where uh, you're acting out this masculine, like this quote unquote ideal of masculinity on the field or on the pitch. I think that it is a much, 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 much healthier and better way than it had been for the last for the 2000 years prior to probably, or no, maybe, maybe for the millions of years prior to the year 1900, um, where to demonstrate your masculinity, you went to freaking war. Um, and obviously war still happens, but sports has grown massively. And I think There are downsides to being obsessed with sports, but there are so many upsides to being into sports. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just think that the, the number of things you have to do to be good at a sport, the dedication it takes to be that athlete and to to perform at your peak. It, it takes so much effort. And I think they talk a lot about dads in this episode and how it's, it's a way to earn father's approval. And I think there is some truth to that, but I don't think it's necessarily just about winning or the sport. I think it's give it your freaking all because you should do that in every area of your life and work hard at what you do. And so I don't necessarily think that 
oh, just playing sports is a way to win your father's approval. No, work hard, be dedicated to something. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think it's solely, um, solely just about getting their dad's approval. Um, and Liz calls it, uh, let's see, but it's not just the game. Uh, what did I mean by that? Dad gummit. Um, sorry, y'all, I didn't, uh, I don't understand my notes here, so I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, okay, we'll move on. Uh, she says the pandemic was an interesting social experiment, which it wasn't the pandemic, it was the government reactions to the pandemic, but we'll keep politics out of this. Um, she says that people missed sports because of relationships. She said that it had nothing to do with sports. Wrong. Absolutely incorrect. Her words were nothing to do with sports. Incorrect. Yes, relationships around sports are very important to sports, but I missed watching games by myself. Like, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the people around you while you watch the sports. There is something innate in sports, innate in competition, innate in a bunch of people competing for something that only one team or one person can get. That is like watching a little excerpt from how life works. There are plenty of times where people are competing over the exact same job and there's only one job to give, you know? Um, and if you're one of those people competing for that, then it is a up and down ride. Um, as you go through the interview process or however your that process works. And so this is a snippet where you can watch a game, be completely invested in that game, and ride the ups and downs with the team as they are winning, are losing, are coming down to the wire. You can be invested in that in a way that you can't do with movies, TV shows, plays. You can't do that with any other form of entertainment, basically, besides sports, because this is live. It is real life. It involves, there are many stakes. I mean, people's, people are getting paid for this. People, uh, you know, who work in the concessions, who do the ticket counters, who work behind the scenes, there is a lot riding on this for so many people that it is not, it, it, it's not, it wasn't that it had nothing to do with sports. Yes, your relationships around it are very important. And like, I do remember celebrating my face off every single time that, that uh, one of my teams has won a championship in some way, shape or form. Like I was in New York when the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA title and I was there with my for my best friends and there are pictures of us celebrating like wild fiends it was fantastic and i loved it um and so yes there is a very important aspect of it that is the relationships and the people that you watch these games with or talk about these games with but that is definitely not everything if i was stuck in a hole by myself 
I would still watch the Dadgum Wrexham games and get just as excited <laughs> and love it just as much. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, being able to chat about it with folks and, you know, getting excited with folks enhances it. You know, like, I think it's an enhancement aspect to it, not a this is the only thing. Um, let's see. What else does she say? Yeah, basically, it gives feelings that I said, this is my response here, it says it gives feelings that can't be obtained in everyday life. That's that's exactly it. Um, throughout this whole episode, Paul and Harry are uh, the groundskeepers and they're, you know, doing father son things, even though they're not father and son. And Paul shows Harry how to make an egg, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, he just smashes an egg on the countertop the first time he tries. And I thought that was so funny. Um, Rob talks about how he would play ball with his dad. Um, and like the competition matters and he didn't want his dad to just let him win. But he says in reflection, he says, who cares? Like, I don't remember any specific game. He just remembers playing with his dad. And in that regard, I, for some reason, I had misquoted this in my brain for um, after the first time I watched this episode. And I thought he was referring to all sports. I didn't remember that he was just referring to playing basketball with his dad. And yeah, that's probably true. But, you know, he was a little kid and his, even if his dad went easy on him or let him win a game or two, they're I don't know. I feel like there very well could be a moment where if he won off merit and beat his dad, he would remember that moment forever. Um, so I feel like you would remember. Um, you would remember that. You would remember once you achieved a level of athletic ability that you could beat your dad. You know? Um, the episode ends with Harry saying, you got to have role models. And Paul is that for him. And he's a father figure. And that's it's a very touching moment. Harry is opening up and it's lovely. I loved it. Um, Sam was also there. He's talking about how he's been a huge fan forever. Passed down through the family. And that was the moment when they started talking about... Uh, you know, dads and everything like that, winning approval. So, yeah, I apologize if this, uh, I don't mean to just gut it. Like, like I said, I think Liz Plank seems like a very lovely person. Um, I just think that her basic premise and what she bases this whole thing on is incorrect and is a very pessimistic and negative way to see masculinity. Um, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that masculinity is a bad thing whatsoever. I think it is 100% needed in the world, and I think it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, um, yeah, and she clearly wants men to succeed. I mean, for the love of men, the, the title alone says, says it. Um, like, she clearly cares about men and wants men to succeed. I just... To me, it seems like she has misguided definitions for one, and it's almost as if she wants to f bring in some femininity to compromise the masculinity, and I don't agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that side of it. I think you can be 100% masculine and still be a good and decent person 
and not be dominating, aggressive, and a winner at all costs. So that's basically it. That's it for this episode, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. Um, I have one more episode this season, which is going to come out almost directly after this episode because um, tomorrow, or let's say Sunday morning, the first video episode will come out. It will be the start of season two of this podcast, and it will be about the start of season two of the documentary series. So we'll be lined up. Um, we will also be talking about our match tomorrow versus Grimsby and um, our standing in the tables and how it all looks from here on out. And man, I am stoked to start season two. I'm stoked to slow these down. I know these have been coming rapid fire for about a month now. Um, just know that it's going to only be one, maybe two, and very possibly three but the three, third one might be shorter um, per week uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, whenever we have games, basically, whenever we have matches or whenever a new episode comes out, I'm going to I will not put out episodes the day one of the Welcome to Rexon episodes comes out. I want to make this a more well-produced podcast. And so most of the time, the episodes seem to be coming out on Tuesdays. I will be putting out a double episode every Saturday night slash Sunday morning, depending on where you are, um, that has the, the an analysis of the Tuesday episode and the match that is played on Saturday. And it also kind of looks like there's going to be two episodes released every Tuesday at this point. Um, I know this coming Tuesday, two episodes are coming out. And so I might do a thing where I do the first of those episodes on Saturday with the game, and then the second episode on, on Tuesday. Um, standalone when we don't have a Tuesday game, which is for the next, I think, two or three weeks, which is a huge bummer. I just, I love it when we have Tuesday and Saturdays. It just makes the week so much better. But, oh well, it is what it is. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. Um, hit me up if you if you have any questions, comments, if you want to come on the show, if you have suggestions for anything that I could be doing. Um, please let me know. WXM Texan on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram or director at PeacefulCProductions.com for my email. Thank y'all so much. We'll see you next time. Up the town. And if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.